Hello, ducks and chucks and loves and everybody else in the world. First of all, hello to my dear friend, Jen. How the devil are you? I'm absolutely fine. Hey, up, ducks, as, as, as I'm saying from Stoke. And you're still doing that cultural appropriation, Jill, by my saying, look, it's not a Geordie thing. But um, I'll forgive you this once. And that um, makes you feel loved. But I, I'm very good. I'm very good. Thank you. <laughs> good. Well, look. We had an email uh, this week from uh, someone who was um, sending a question into us, which you're able to do at transvox.co.uk. And um, and what they said was this. They said, how do I know if I'm trans? I think I'm trans. I'd like to be trans, but am I gender fluid or am I trans? How do I know what I need to know? And is it, am I, and it, oh, sorry, the final sentence, something along the lines of, ooh, um, the fact I'm even doubting myself, does that mean I'm not trans? So I thought that was mm. that was quite an interesting question. And I thought maybe we could turn our attention to it this week. Mm, it is a bit, it's a big question, I think. I think it's um yeah, I'm really interesting. Yeah. So yeah, it's about you know, it's about that questioning and ultimately about self-acceptance, I think, and um and everybody that's um, that belongs to our LGBTQ community, the first people you come out to is yourself. So, um, yeah, interesting. Whether I've got any clever answers to it, I don't know. But I think it's a, certainly an interesting topic of conversation. So thanks for that question, whoever sent that in. So uh, um, they asked not to have them in they mentioned. So we'll call them anonymous, shall we? So there you yeah, go. Yeah. So here we go. So, so I was thinking about this uh, quite a lot because I think often a lot of people wrestle with this idea of um, am I one thing or another? And I remember a colleague of mine saying many years ago that um, – there's two aspects of this is that sort of almost the level of transness you're at, but also the level of ability to live with the different states. So I thought that was a quite interesting way mm. that you could be massively, massively, completely sure you're trans, but you're actually quite happy to sort of exist in a sort of um, plurality. So you're, you're, you're able to operate in more as gender fluid but actually be completely trans in your own head. And the reverse is true. You know, you could actually quite have uh, quite a low desire to be trans but actually the level of trans you have is creates extreme dysphoria so actually you can't live in a polarity you've got to be the person you have to be and of course then there's uh, all sorts of variations on the scale so I thought I thought that was quite an interesting place to start because there are some people who who know it have to be it completely certain about it and actually you know the transition is fine and in a sense I suppose maybe you fall into that bracket or is that too simplistic mm well i mean it's it's difficult now because it's really interesting so 15 years post transition i don't necessarily think about it the only time i think about in a sense about being trans is where i read something in the paper or i'm talking about it in you know i don't in, in many ways I don't, I don't go i don't identify as trans i identify as a woman but that's just and in some respects very simplistic and where i am now if i think about you know the totality of of, of my experience i've I've had so many doubts and so many confusions, particularly growing up and questioning yourself and, and not understanding until the language, you know, finding the right language to express who you are, um, understanding. So for a long time, you know, when I was a, a young, I sort of knew instinctively I was a girl in the same way I knew instinctively I was right-handed. But did I at that point, reconcile and say i'm trans and that's who i am no the language wasn't there that only came through 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 
later later life and then you're in the situation where there's practicalities around can i be authentic to who i am um i would certainly argue that there's no such thing about being trans enough or being male enough or female enough or any of those things and in many parts of our lives we have to make compromises about who we'd love to be because of practicalities you know um you know i'd love to be a stand-up comedian but that i can't do that practically because i'm not going to be able to make any money at it so you know that doesn't mean that it's not still still uh, something that i would love to be you know yes, i think well, um it's a bit flippant I, sorry and, go on. and given the quality of that joke i mean you, you've just proved it I'm not even sure there was a joke in there. Certainly wasn't intended. But I, I mean, it's a, it's a slightly flippant example because I think um, being who you are in terms of your gender identity is more absolutely deep seated. But there has always been a point about whether thinking, well, is that who I am? You know, and 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 is that who I? You know, can I can I live like that? And uh, self acceptance was really difficult because although I would, on one hand you know say look I, I, I say i knew as a girl from the age of the 10 that's me looking back at that from as a as a 50 year old what i actually was thinking at that time was thinking this isn't right for me but actually trying to understand stand that it's like somebody once said to me um you know i, I was the, the point of do you know what it's like to feel like a woman well, I've no idea what a woman feels like because I've no idea what anybody else feels like I just know what I feel like and what works for me in terms of my relationship with society. Because I, I have no idea what goes through other people's heads. I can only know what goes through my heads. But that can be really difficult to reconcile all that. And I think yes. it's a real shame if people feel that you have to be, you know, you, you're not male enough, you're not female enough, you're not trans enough, or you've got to, you know. Um, the whole point of this is 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 acceptance of letting people be who they are and who are they comfortable being, and and if, and if that's um, a journey of acceptance, that's certainly true. Mm. I I would genuinely say that up to the age up to that first moment, I um, put a wig on and looked and saw somebody that I thought up until that moment I remember crying looking in that mirror. Up until that moment, I had never thought that for any moment I could live as a woman. So I had to resign myself to it. I was going to continue the rest of my life with this terrible deep secret, but I'd find a way of coping. So mm. that's just my story. Other people have, have managed to, to you know, um, understand that sooner. Mm. I don't think it makes them more or less trans or women. I just think we're, you know, we're, a, we're all a spectrum. How, I mean, how about an intense... How about you, Jill? I mean, are these difficult questions that you think about? or Yeah, no, I, I do. And I have thought on for many years. And I think the fact that we're a little bit longer in the tooth than some people is interesting, isn't it? And <laughs> as there's two, two or three things cross my mind is that there's a way of thinking about this, which is a lot of people know they are something. And a lot of people know that they're not something else, if you know what I mean. So yes. they so they have what I mean, a lot of people are heading towards this idea of being um a diff you know, presenting as a different gender to those that that assigned at birth. So it's okay to say, you know, I, I, I know I'm a girl, I happen to be in a in a different gendered body. And for some people just say, I'm not happy, I'm not comfortable in the body in which I'm in, but I don't know where I need to be heading because I don't have a strong sense of where I am. So mm -hmm. so I think that's quite interesting. And I wonder whether 
that's the sort of basis of the of the sort of more non-binary sort of gender fluid thing. And I don't know the answer to this, but I've also I've always sort of thought that the concept of gender dysphoria and gender euphoria to be the right thing. You know, there's this idea that when you when you when you experience this level of discomfort or uh, of presenting how you are presenting in this in the gender that you're not comfortable in. So some people that dysphoria is very uncomfortable and and and, and really encourages that sort of need to change very very quickly. And some people, and I think that's the thing I was talking about earlier. I think some people experience a strong sense of knowing they're not in the right gender, not presenting right, but the dysphoric elements are slightly lower. But my understanding is that there's a degree of euphoria when you actually settle on or begin to explore that other side. So there's there's something quite interesting, isn't there? There's the knowing what you want and coming to and then knowing who you are and then what you are sort of thing. And also you're quite interesting, you see. I strongly identify with the concept of being trans femme. I know you constantly you, you you sort of identify with the idea of being a woman, and I, I wonder if that's because we're going through this at different points in time. No, we we, we absolutely are because it it is absolutely absolutely true. So there would have been a time in my life on the chat rooms of the late nineties, early two thousands, where I found a community. I described myself because that's the language we used as a as a TV or a T-girl, which is language that seems so alien to me at the, mo at the moment. But that was finding a community, trying to discover uh, where I was. Um, and, and so that, you know, that definitely changed. And, and we didn't, and up before then, we didn't really have the term transgender properly used before, so uh, before the turn of the century, before 2000. So you were either sort of put into to one box as somebody who dressed occasionally, it was all about dressing up, and the other box of people who were going to have surgery and, and classed as transsexuals back in the day. Um, and that, you know, we've moved on so far from that and, and with, with more understanding. And um, I mean, it's really interesting you talk about dysphoria and euphoria. I don't think my dysphoria was, I had dysphoria, but I didn't understand it until I had the euphoria. I didn't think I understood how unhappy I was. Hmm in myself until I was able to transition and feel comfortable in myself. That feeling of actually this worked and this is right was what was then what processed. I was certainly unhappy about having to live, grow up as a boy and live um, a, a, as a male for the first, you know, I was unhappy in the fact that I couldn't be who I was, but I wouldn't, I, I didn't understand it was dysphoria in, in that sense, I don't think. I think it was more, I'm not happy with my lot and I wish I could be something else. But because I'd resigned that as being impossible, I decided it was impossible for me to ever, to ever change, to ever transition. And genuinely, it's so not just I genuinely put that aside and thought about the practicalities of trying to get on and live a life, you know? Mm. It was only once I discovered I could and I could live it that, that I started to understand. So I, I think that's different for me. It doesn't make, you know, I, I definitely know, and I had a friend who would, if they hadn't been able to transition, would not have survived. And I know so many people and, and have so many stories of that. You know, I, I guess that wasn't quite me. I, I think I would have survived, um, but I would have not been who I am and I would not been, I would have not been happy. Yes. Um, but there's many people who are not, you're not happy. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's that, that, that 
it was it was interesting for me because it it sort of overtook quite quickly once i realized it was possible then it happened really quickly within the space of months really i i was living full-time as uh, i was jenny and that was it once i'd realized it was doable because i'd thought it wasn't doable yeah. um I thought the barriers are too high. I thought nobody would accept me. I thought I'd be, it would be ridiculous. And 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 once I overcame that barrier, um, so that so I, that's interesting for me. But I don't think that's the same for you. Is it is is it, Jill? Uh, no, not so much because um, I, I suppose um, well, I'm a bit older than you, and um, I think there comes a point where. Well, there's two different things. I was I was thinking about this in terms of young a young person I was talking to quite recently about this, and they were talking about this idea that they they didn't they didn't like the the change through puberty. They didn't like the the unrevealing of their sort of the, their new genitals and how they changed. They didn't like dressing up in the uh, and conforming to the gender role and school uniform that they've been given, and um, and they, you know, the thing about toys and such like and imagining themselves in a different gender when playing games and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I think I can't I can't remember remember. I'm not judging a question. I'll come to it. I'm, I can't really I can't remember that far back to remember if that was the case. I remember once in a school pantomime, um, and I think I was eight or nine something like that then then we were doing wow. the seven dwarves would you believe and uh-huh. and surprise or not surprise that that's you know you may not be surprised by this you may i was grumpy and um and i know, say but, nothing and i say nothing at all most people say i'm dozy but there you go but yeah. as part of this we had to wear female clothes right. and i actually put them on and ripped them all off and ran out the building screaming and people and it was mm-hmm. because actually I, I I was it was it was the most bizarre expression because it was almost like I'd found who I was, but I just couldn't deal with it. I couldn't cope with it. And the visceral reaction was to rip them off and run away from it because I was simply and at nine. I mean, you have no emotional I, fortitude to deal with this, you know. I absolutely relate. I have never been. I would have been so scared of going to fancy dress, dressing up and in a play or anything like that as a girl. It would have terrified, and I wouldn't. I've never been. To, I've never wanted to do that because I couldn't have coped with the fact that this was in a sense what I how I wanted to sort of live but couldn't and I was so I've never you know that would have I'd have run a mile from uh from that uh, at any age but isn't that but isn't that interesting you see because because actually these are these are things which are pointed out as part of uh gender gender dysphoria with younger people because actually I think they're this we're socially and culturally in such a different place that actually you know that boys are going to, to schools obviously to make a point but wearing skirts and such like and vice versa and and the sort of and the nature of what we dress and how we present is very different these days so it may well be those, those, those sort of criteria interesting but i think so i think there's two things there's the level of dys- dysphoria and the, and the level of desire and i think that's really yeah. interesting but i think socially and culturally we have, you know, I, I again, I bumped into this person. They were twenty-one, and um, and they were telling me about their surgery they're going to have and such like. And 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 one of the reasons I was working with them is because I I can't have what they can have because I I sort of never be twenty-one again. And so I love to help people who can have the sort of life that I never had. And so, yeah. you know, I think you come to a certain stage in life where you you either go for it, or you you have to find that level of pragmatic acceptance that. It's about doing the most you can 
in the way that's as congruent as you can with your own life circumstances. Let's let's put it like this. If you're married to someone with whom you don't want to live without and the condition of staying married is not to transition, what do you do? So there, there you are. There's there's the thing. For some people, they'll say, I need, I need to transition. The other person will accept the fact that you're trans, but they don't want to be part of it. So, you know, you, you end up with this dilemma. You know you're trans, but actually you have to cope with it in the real world. So these are real things which actually need to be thought through. And it's not about counselling. It's about having that... It's about having that sage mentor or listening post or someone who could just let you explore it for yourself. Because sometimes you've got to figure out for ourselves who who we are before we figure out how we're going to deal with that in the real world. And sometimes, you know, you know, I meet a lot of people who are trans who have given up a lot. And then I talk to people who are trans or non-binary in particular who have actually stayed non-binary and stayed in their Ad- adapted um you know ad- uh, the the gender assigned at birth and they're miserable but actually they have all the privilege and the ease and the comfort that comes from that so it's i i think sometimes there is your point is there is no bar that says if you take this test you become something if you if you get between this this mark and that mark you're this and not that i think you have to feel your way into this situation and it's 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 as much as your life circumstances, your desire, and your level of dysphoria. And I think you have to you have to work that out with someone who's gone through this before or been trained to help you understand it, I think. I mean I certainly I certainly think uh, think, think that can help. I think I think you raised some good put uh, good points. I mean I've thought I mean over the years there's been occasions where people have contacted me who are um who are trans, but they're not able to transition at that point, or are thinking about transitioning, and at that point, and they've just reached out and contacted me, and some conversations. And, I, and I've always said, I remember those conversations felt a, a level of responsibility of saying, um, it's okay to find a balance, you know, particularly if you've got a family and kids, and you're worried about losing them. Now, there's no right or wrong answer, but it's okay to find a, ba- find a balance. Um, I didn't have those things to lose when I transitioned, you know, and the, the, the question I'll never be able to answer is, would I have been prepared to lose mm-hmm. um, a family, for instance, um, if that was at risk for my transition? I'll never be able to answer that. And I'm not sure what, what helps me to understand that. But that's the case for many people. And what it doesn't mean is you're any more or less authentic about who you are, if you make practical and pragmatic decisions. Um, you know, that you're going to try and make the best of what you think is important to you. Now, you know, I, I, things are, things get better because society is more accepting. So it's probably different in 2005, taking aside all the, the discussions we've had about the media. People now understand more about being trans, being non-binary, understanding that, you need, you know, non, you know non, more and more non-binary people um, uh, I, I meet more and more non-binary people, and it's just simply that, that we didn't have the language to talk about it 15 years ago. So they were, I was meeting them then, but they just didn't have the language, and maybe the community wasn't as accepting because it was we were quite binary early doors as a trans community. You know, I never came across anybody as non-binary in 2000. Now that's not the case. We've become, as a community, we've moved, and we've become more accepting and more inclusive. Um, but I think finding the balance that's right for you and right for your circumstances, I don't think should ever be 
outwardly criticised, you know? It doesn't make you more or less trans, more or less a man or woman, more or less somebody who doesn't belong to the, the binary. You make those those practical decisions. But the other side of that is we need to have a society that, that becomes more and more accepting and understanding. And that will be the case. I think we're, in a sense, both of us who are older, you know, transitioning at an older age, I was 35, that's that's good as old now. I think that's going to become less and less common mm. because young people will be able to transition. The reason we didn't talk about it, understand it, Jill, or you could not remember, is because there wasn't even the language to understand it. There wasn't right. even the words to express it. You know, I didn't even know for 10 years that that was a thing. You know, I just knew I wasn't happy. So I think that dynamic will change. There will still be people of our age who start to come to terms at that at that age but it will be less and less i think you know um you know um you know but there's but we'll all still i'm still you know there's still moments i i wake up and think how did i end up here yeah and i and, think and trying to rationalize having a lived a life in two parts is is weird you know and I, and I think and I think it's and I think uh, it's one of the things, isn't it? We we see extremism in both sides of the inside of the market. And, you know, I talk to trans people and say, well, you know, uh, it's it's clear, it's it's absolutely obvious what it matters, and blah 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 blah. And actually, this idea that you can you can tra- you can transition one way or the other, or both ways, if you're agender or non-binary, and it's this idea that it's not okay to detransition. And then people talk to me about that, and I say, "Well, but it is okay to detransition because it may well be that that's how people can can cope." There's no stigma attached to detransition. There's no there's no shame in it in the sense that there's no shame in and being trans yourself because actually this is not a, a process about shame, and the, and there shouldn't be people criticizing people for going whichever way or not. It's not a victory for one side or the other if someone detransitions because they figured out that you know what they have a high level of need to be trans but they literally cannot cope in the real world the u level of euphoria is too low and socially there's too high a cost i mean it's it's like everything in life we have to make choices for which we're accountable and at the end of the day you can't blame anybody else but nobody else should be standing on the side and throwing rocks at people either i don't think no no definitely i mean you know um detransition rates are are really low and most of those are because of um reportedly because of the struggle to fit in society and lack of acceptance not about internally whether you um know who you are you know it's it's because the whole thing about that gender is yes it's internal about internal feeling but the main thing about gender it's how you relate to everybody else it's how you relate to the world you know um you know it's how we relate to society and society relates to you you know all the stuff that we do to assert our gender you know clothes my mate you know as women clothes makeup long hair uh, you know that's there may be an evolutionary part of that somewhere but i mean it's in all honesty it's a cultural thing you know yeah you know if if i was on a desert island on my own would i put makeup on in the morning i i don't think i would now you know so um <laughs> it's too hot no so so the, the internal bit but i think the main thing about the main it's thing for me about is is my relationship to society and and living as a woman in society and being treated as such has been the the one most important thing that's happened to me um in my life mm. by far and 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 for that to have been able to happen and to been 
you know, okay and somewhat successful and doable has been extraordinary because it never, never thought it would be. And I think the sort of message that I'm hearing you say in a funny sort of way, maybe not in these words perhaps, but it's about this idea of being kind to yourself, isn't it? It's that society has no expectation of you to be one thing or another. On on the whole, it doesn't really care. Um, We, you know, and it's, it's about finding your own path, but maybe just having someone to help you in the journey is important. Having someone to talk to, you know, and that's why the, the rise of counselling, organizations has been in- interesting and and i i don't know what you think but it doesn't have to be a counselor because it's 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 not you know it's no longer a mental health condition to be to 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 be talking about transition so a lot of this is about how you socially cope how you how you manage in the real world rather than sitting down and saying well i need a counselor they may you may have needs for counseling but the the the, the decision to be transgender isn't a counseling need in its own right now, I think that, but I'm not necessarily, not, not everyone agrees with me. I just wondered what your view would be on that. No, I, I, I absolutely agree. I think the charity that we support does some amazing work in offering counsel and support for people. And it is the, the single most important person, I think, for me, was a Joanne, was somebody I met in a chat room and we became friends and we were both in a similar position. Haven't spoken for, to Joanne for 10 years, just we drifted apart met her a couple of times but actually most of our lives were in a chat room and finding somebody else to talk to that was similar to me like me and um that that she had the most impact on me in a sense back in 2000 i think in 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 being in then being kind to myself and understanding that you know the struggles i was going through um you know that nobody knew about um could be okay you know it could be okay the the at the time i was in that you know everything was in secret you know on, on a chat room at one o'clock in the morning you know having female clothes and purging them you're probably aware of oh, this yeah. you know chucking them away because you feel ashamed about who you are and then inevitably it can never go away because oh, yeah. every moment of every day i thought about living as a woman right every single moment every moment i woke up but it was that point about finding somebody else that and finding a community, which I think is easier now with, you know, now the internet age does make that easier. For those people, those amazing people who transitioned in the, yeah, yeah. In the 60s, 70s and 80s, yeah. I, 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 I'm in awe of because, you know, they were doing that without a community um, or, or being able to find a community very easily. I met, I remember meeting a woman at a Unison conference once I'd been done a speech on, on trans issues and, you know, I'd gone down okay. And she came and sat by me at lunch, this woman did, and, and she was chatting and she said, oh, oh, by the way, I, I like the speech she said, and she said, by the way, I, I transitioned in 1982. And right now, nobody, you know, nobody knows at work in my life. I'm living as a woman, completely settled. And then said, but I'm going to go and tell them all I'm trans because I want to help support trans people in the current climate and i was in awe of that person how brave that was yeah both being able to transition and be and to be able to navigate that in the 80s but also then deciding to um you know out themselves whether there was no need to she was living a life perfectly happy as a woman mm. but could see and, and wanted to join and support people because that visibility that we have that we we are is is an act of support because people if people see us, if people see trans people, then that, that makes a difference. 
so um i still slightly got off your point but i think having you know having somebody that you can you know you can talk to an offload of or a group or a social group or something else is you know if you're it really helps you when you're you know when you're in then dark periods when you feel so lonely because it's the most lonely thing in the world being trans and not having a community yeah so so the answer to the question to in conclusion is that it's i don't know <laughs> well i don't know answered your question jill because I, I think i've went off on a wistful um i think uh, meander the, then that's okay we like a wistful meander but the thing is i think to answer the question is is it's complicated there are different strands yeah. to talk to and the key and we would say this time after time after time again if you think you are the simplest thing to do is to talk to someone who knows the questions to ask you because yeah it's it's been able to hear those hear your answers to those questions out loud or written down or wherever it might be that's the thing that helps you determine the sort of path and the decisions you might made and maybe even just testing ideas out and testing thoughts and testing testing your path forward so yeah i mean we obviously uh, if this person ever wants to get in touch with us again, they're more than welcome to do that. We we always recommend people talk to beyondreflections.org.uk if they ever need their help. And yeah. um and I think um I think I think that's the best we can do with that answer. Well, so thank you to have sent that in, but these are you know, these are it's interesting until you, you until we talk through because we we hadn't prepared an answer to that question, but it makes you think, and then you makes you think about it it really is such an important point and um i don't know whether we've been able to help anybody at all or not but i think the the lessons that you just summed up there about you know if you can find somebody to talk to if you can just that one person to to to, to talk to if that is particularly if that's a trans person or finding self-acceptance and self-love and being okay with who you are you know that's okay and you're always always trans enough and on that note, I think it's time to say good night. Uh, good night, it or is. good afternoon, or good, good morning, good wherever night, you are in the world. It's still bright good here. Good night, Vienna. <laughs> and um, I'll see you next week. We'll see you all next week. Thanks loads. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Transvox. It's been a joy to have you with us. Um, if you want to um, make contact with us, you can contact us at gillian at transvox.co.uk. And if you'd like to support the work we do, please go to Patreon and go to page Transvox. And all of our money goes to our nominated charity. And Jen, you've chosen the charity for the next number of episodes. Which one have you chosen? Our charity is called Beyond Reflections, which is a charity that provides support and counselling to trans people, non-binary people and their friends and their families across the UK. An amazing charity doing some amazing work, really important. So please, if you can give. Great. And if you want to go and have a look at Beyond Reflections, it's beyond-reflections.org.uk. And uh, But as I say, if you'd like to make a contribution to what we're doing, because we love to help the people who help us. Uh, again, if you've got ideas for um, the show, things you'd like to ask us, questions, comments, applause, or um, brickbats, feel free to send it all Absolutely. in to Gillian at transvox.co.uk. Until the next time, goodbye. Bye-bye.